He's just driven the green. He yeah. has just driven the green. I guess, hello world, huh? Welcome, everybody, to the Smash Factor 2020 edition of the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, episode 97, uh, coming to you from a beautiful, warm San Antonio. Not quite as nice as Arizona was this weekend, uh, but very, um, very nice weather to return to. A, a long day, a long weekend. Um, get into that kind of recap here in a minute, but, um, you know, obviously we'll wrap up waste management, Super Bowl thoughts, um, quickly on that, looking to have a fairly quick pod tonight with, um, hadn't seen my family since Wednesday. So I need to, or Thursday, whatever day it was, need to catch up with them. And then also, um, it's just one of those tournaments that we've had now, you know, we got a break last week at a real tournament and now we're back to a three course rotation, 54 cut the true pro am where we get some of the the, the real amateurs uh, more famous celebrity type in amateurs so um not not favorite tournament of the week or the year by any means uh from a dfs perspective as far as watching and all that i don't necessarily mind it but um lots of variables into it normally some weather conditions although right now looks pretty decent uh last year we, we even had to go heat map route um as i was reviewing my notes uh, on the plane today but um, still looking forward to it. We'll get into that. Uh, obviously, last week, uh, went to the waste management with Tambo. Had an awesome time. Um, had some business stuff on Thursday, Friday. So we went out there Saturday um, and Sunday. It was a, you know, I don't know where I'm at because there's probably two sides of the table here. There's like um, the smart golf bets, uh, Mike Miller, like he's like way, way anti this. And then maybe more millennial younger, like it. Um, I enjoy the Honda because it's kind of a little more, I wouldn't say party atmosphere, but light, you know, lighter atmosphere for people like myself and, and some of the guys I hang out with, obviously many of you. Um, but this was, this was a little crazy, especially Saturday, uh, even for me. Uh, you know, it was close to 300,000 people, just so many people in one area that as a person that actually enjoys, I mean, if you're there for the, theatrics of it all as far as you know the beer and the you know girls flashing all over the place and throwing stuff all I mean I I get it it's a cool event um if you're if you really enjoy watching golf and be able to walk the course with these guys it can be kind of hectic especially obviously around 16 17 all that just with all those people there I will say Sunday was a lot a little calmer um especially you know overall there's more energy i think because people weren't there from 6 a.m on the, the crazy guys that run it um, i don't think they had to go that early because even when we got there 10 ish uh, maybe 9 30 ish um on sunday there were still spots open in the, the general mission 16 area that people could get to so unlike saturday where it was just full busting at the seams from 6 a.m on it was a bucket list deal that I'm glad I did enjoy. Um, the guys we were sitting with Sunday even said, you know, they've been doing it for years and they almost go like Thursday, nice, calm, relaxed. You get to see more pros play, obviously, because it's pre cut. 
they take they don't even go Friday and Saturday anymore. It's just too crazy, and then they'll come back Sunday and watch it. And Friday, Saturday, they may go play golf or do whatever, and then watch it Sunday and then head out to their Super Bowl party. So I could see that being a thing. Um, I enjoyed it overall. It was a good event, good kind of bucket list type item, but um, definitely looking forward to a Honda or, you know, some of the other channels I've been to that um, more enjoyable for the golf viewing, but that environment's hard to replace. And it's a unique deal. So I would always tell someone, hey, go to it, enjoy it and get their opinion. But I, I don't think it's something I would like put on my list. I got to go to every year. Um, I think if you have a strategy, I know Melinda, she's on the team, like they come in a certain time, they do the run, they have fun, they go Saturday and they're out, right? And so that, you know, as long as you do that, I can't imagine going there and wanting to stay there all four days. It'd just be, you know, it'd just be exhausting and wear you out, especially with the sun. Um, if you're not, you know, I'm in San Antonio, so we do still get warm weather now, but like Tambo, I, I'm sure he's, you know, looks like a fried lobster tonight. Um, but all that was great. You know, Super Bowl was awesome. Um we were just four of us sitting at a table, some buddies watching it. Um, it was, I'm interested to kind of watch it without all the craziness going on as far as uh, people cheering all that. Cause you know, I heard that a lot of the commercials were good. We could see the halftime show obviously, but you couldn't hear much um, in general. So uh, I got to record it so I can watch back the whole, whole Super Bowl deal. Obviously successful day with the chiefs, uh, Mahomes 20 to one, um, second half points over first half points. I think the national anthem finally lost. So, so Mrs. Gup lost the uh, streak. She was nine Oh and one, I think went into it. And so nine one and one now, but other than that, I know I had a successful day overall. I had through two halftime bets out two stars at once football did well. I think golf did. Okay. I haven't recapped all that yet. Way behind on that. But, um, betting wise, I think it did. Okay. Obviously didn't have, have the winner, um, up there, but, had some decent props you know we hit the playoff that paid three to one so that that was good um i'll recap all that obviously here the next day or so and get it out there um dk wise you know i only did three lineups and we couldn't do showdown obviously being on uh, phoenix so didn't didn't engage much there um you know try to get in slack or whatever and and d rock and and actually everybody in the slack kenny those guys everybody helped out there but um not being able to do it was a little distant but I just had, I think I had four guys or three or four guys in my pool either finished even or plus one or went from plus one to even. And then that cut moved right back to minus one and put it right. I think at T66 was a cut. Obviously, if even if they, I didn't know if I'd done well, even if it, the 89 or whatever it would have been made the cut. Cause then everybody would have been probably 30% six of sixes at that number. So I can't say. If I would have had it, I would have done well. But I did have Finau and, and called him as a, a, great, a guy I liked a lot, and he was low-owned. Low um, I know Tambo had some major sweats Sunday coming down the stretch, and he needed Finau to win. And when Webb won, it kind of knocked him out of any big money. But I think he finished just slightly under for the, the whole deal. Um, but, you know, good tournament. A lot of guys made great runs on Sunday, so that was exciting. Like the leaderboard kind of flipped like some of us really wanted it to. Um, obviously Webb was still right there in Finau, but you know, Bubba made a run, JT even kind of backdoor top, maybe top five. I had I don't remember it, but definitely top ten. Um, Benyon stumbled a little bit, X stumbled a little bit. So it was kind of, I mean, it wasn't just stagnant up there on Sunday, so it was it was exciting. Um, but looking forward to this week, you know, move on. And um actually I, I I'm I'm ready for this week, but I'm ready to be past it because then we got a really nice stretch of Solid golf tournaments, pretty good fields, you know, uh, the Genesis, the WGC Mexico coming up, um, you know, some good tournaments coming up, but one, one step at a time. But um, 
we will do kick off the show sponsor for the 2020 season is super draft as always um, really amping up their game. We're seeing a lot of green screens in the community. Not only that throughout DFS in general, I think it's really picking on uh, picking up a little bit. You can use the code gut, get $10 bonus play. When you deposit your first $10, put that 20 in play. And once you're done, you're done. If you flip it, you double it right there. That first day you can pull it out and you're good to go. Or you can keep playing it as much as you want. All of our tools and stuff and content are integrated with the Superdraft staff as well as DraftKings and FanDuel and Spot. So you will be able to see live uh, Superdraft scoring just like you do DraftKings on our tools and the PC, PGA Research Center. Um, and DRock covers the content side for the golf uh, as well. So, you know, obviously being a member with us helps, but, you know, gives you an advantage. And then in the Slack and everything, people talk about, you know, additional strategies and still trying to comprehend how it plays out being the multiplier instead of the salary type deal. So a different way to play the game, um, you know, if you want to check, especially if you're a newer guy, it's a little bit less, you know, especially smaller fields. So you can kind of have better chances and then try to work strategies, especially everybody's kind of new to it instead of, you know, jumping into the sharks, um, over on DK sometimes. Not that DK is bad. We all play and we're still involved in that. But this is just another, you know, you could almost use it as your cash game stuff instead of DK if you wanted to do that, um, for instance. Uh, listeners only, use ten, use the code SMASH10. Get 10% off any package uh, right now. So you can go check that out. The PGA Research Center update is going out either late tonight or in the morning. Um on the plane. And then even tonight I was doing some final testing for ADHD as he is flying back from a trip he was on as well. So he's going to get that locked and loaded um, final few tweaks and worst case, the big update will be out tomorrow. And I think you guys are going to love it. I can't wait to get the feedback uh, this week because there's been a lot of work into this major kind of big first update of the um, UI experience. So I'm looking forward to you guys seeing that tomorrow at the latest. So Now's a great time to join as well with that code as we have kind of the PGA Research Center full-fledged going um, with this update. It's going to make it a massive um, user experience flow a lot better, I promise you. I used it today for, you know, soup to nuts type of deal, and it, it's amazing how all the differences it is compared to what we have now. And I mean, our, our first product's only been out, you know, a month, so <laughs> it's not like we haven't been working and to already improve it. So I think you guys will like that and, and then see, okay, they are going to continue putting into this and they still are and they are now. So that's exciting. Uh, go ahead and give us feedback on that in the uh, live premium tools channel or just me or uh, on the golf or ADHD or myself DM us. If you got questions, concerns, updates as that thing rolls out tomorrow, uh, appreciate your patience on that. Be sure to visit the gubscorner.com store. Um, you know, always have our new merchandise in there as well as uh, our HB3 shirts that we are uh, using that to raise funds for that foundation this year. So all our profits that we make off of that uh, will go to them uh, at the end of the year or whenever we sell the shirts. Um, Hopefully, you know, sooner we sell them out, the better. Um, So help us out there. This week, as I mentioned, the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. As always, you can go check out the Fantasy DJ podcast with both my brothers over there. Uh, Kenny Kim and Tambo. Kenny goes in depth into the course preview. So I steer away from that, stick with what I know best, and then allows me to get to a few other things while those guys handle that. And Kenny does an amazing job. Anyways, the quick version is like I said, you got Pebble Beach, Spyglass Hill, uh, Monterey Peninsula, um, all shorter 
courses. Uh, Monterey is a par 71, the other a par 72, all under 7,000 yards. This is a 156-man field, three-course event, 54-hole cut, but it is top 60 in size, and I confirmed that earlier because it was always top 60, and I was wondering if they were going to adhere to the new top 65 um, that the PGA has now, or if they're just going to, but they're going to keep it top 60 because they still have pro, they still have like top 20 or 25 amateurs play on Sunday. That's kind of the final. If you remember Paul Casey and his uh, amateur, I believe won the the pro-am portion last year where Phil beat Paul on Monday in the, uh, because the darkness went out and they finished the whole, the tournament on Monday morning. So it is top 60, so you'll get three rounds with your guys, but it'll be a tighter cut, probably a smaller cut percentage uh, than, we, than we're used to, but normal for this event because you're, you're losing, could potentially lose 90 guys um, come Sunday. So far on weather, it's cooler mornings, uh, mid-40s. Mid not we're getting too high up in temperature, but really light to moderate winds right now. Some north winds, um, kind of common from what I looked at on the five-year history uh, no real rain as of now, which is good. There is a little more wind right now creeping up Saturday and into Sunday. And normally it doesn't matter because the cut's on Friday nights and, and we're not worried about the wind on Saturday. And it's kind of hard to predict that. But as we get closer to Wednesday, if Saturday looks to be really tough, then we, we could have some potential decisions to make on the sense that typically, you know, the, the main networks want to have the better golfers, quote unquote, um, ending their three-day rotation on Saturday, and they'll play just like we had two weeks ago. So they'll probably play – most of those guys will play um, Pebble Saturday and then whoever makes the cut Sunday. So we'll kind of – in my rankings and stuff, and I'll put them out either late tonight or tomorrow, um, we'll have the – I'll have the three-course rotation, and we'll kind of – you can kind of see that. It's not enough wind for me to change anything, and even if it stays where it's at, it it really doesn't matter to me because I'm really going to just look at the breaks like we have before, and you kind of know that – who's starting out on the easier courses um, compared to the others. And we'll just take it from there. There's so many variables that it, I think we learned two weeks ago. It's not worth it to overanalyze it, but especially in showdown with the way it is now, we may be able to have some advantages there. And the, the guys that have access to books that allow first round leader on X course, um, sometimes we can have advantages there. And if you have a book that allows first round leader and the course doesn't matter, then you can definitely take a, a, a take advantage of it there. So overall, there's some strategy parts, and especially in the betting side. And I'll have a lighter card like I did a few weeks ago, probably more long shots because I don't want to lose those numbers. One or two up top guys, maybe a middle or so, and then we'll wait because we can get good numbers. And, and I'm sure you'll hear that in the industry, depending on, you know, the books. If you have access to live betting, of course, the books won't catch up to some of these guys based on course rotation, and we can we can strike um, some good numbers there. So we always keep that in mind. Um, I do try to take into account guys that may not have live betting, so I still try to put out a somewhat normal card because I don't want to short them. And what I may do this week, if I don't really have a full card, is said, "Hey, if you don't have live betting." These are guys I'd probably go ahead and lock in as well on top of the card I had since you can't take advantage of anything throughout the week. So I'll address that in the, in the, in the write-up uh, once I get to that. I have a cut projection probably around minus one or so this week. I think it's going to play a little easier than it has and especially different than last year. Last year was um, definitely some wind and weather concerns and some guys got the bad end of the draw, so on and such. For that. Right now, I don't think we're going to see that as much. So I, I do like that. And I may not pay as much attention to 2019 results as I would some of the other years. But 
in general, I kind of look at those in a tournament like this to see who's played these, who's comfortable, who's used to playing seven-hour rounds with amateurs, especially celebrity ones who aren't necessarily, you know, two weeks ago you had guys that, although they're not celebrities, most of the guys that show up and play in this, they probably are a decent golfer, which doesn't make it any better, but like some of these guys could just be god-awful golfers. Um, not that it's much better, but I think these even tend to play a little longer because of the celebrity factor, so they really have to be used to that kind of deal. Uh, and I got the winning score being around minus 18. Prior winners here are Phil, uh, Ted Potter um, with the <laughs> epic – it wasn't really epic Sunday, but he, you know, fended off DJ that day. Um, everybody thought DJ had it bagged up. That was a four-way – DJ fell back to a four-way second place with Phil again, Jason Day, who has great history here. Spieth won it in 17 over Kelly Kraft. Uh, Vaughn Taylor won it in 16 over Phil again. Snedeker won it in 15 over Watney. Walker won it um, over DJ. Snedeker over Kirk. Phil over Charlie Wee. Uh, DA points. DJ, DJ in 10 and 9. So you kind of see some pretty familiar names there and not really a brand of a player per se, but it seems like guys are used to this event, used to the whole deal, seem to contend a lot more. Day's up there a lot. Phil, obviously DJ, um, Walker, Pop's pretty good. A little bit of form, although he collapsed Sunday. So we'll factor that kind of general around how have they been here historically because it seems like you get that or you get a random guy like DA points, Vaughn Taylor. But Vaughn's come on to be pretty solid in general. And obviously Ted Potter, but he's kind of, you know, I mean, he's not disappeared since then, but. Um, you know, the high-end guys do see, can seem to win it, and, you know, we'll kind of focus on that, and that's going to be one of the big breaks, breaking points to start the week at is where does everybody go up top? Do they go DJ, or they just, you know, drop down, save some salary, maybe Cantley, something like that. We'll get into that. Stats for me I'm looking at right now. Uh, in general, when I have a three-course, I'm always going to favor Tita Green more than I normally would. Um, simply because three different courses, three different styles, uh, putting can be different each course each day. Um, and I don't really look at putting much anyways, but I try to look at the overall golfer, how good they're playing over X amount of time, being that it's not just one course I can focus on. Um, there are a lot of par fives on the, on these three courses combined. I think it's 14, maybe 12 or 14. So I'm looking at par five scoring, looking at ball striking, of course, approach, um, our stat on the PJ Research Center, good, good approach. We define that in there. You want to check it out. Around the green and uh, then scoring opportunities inside 18 feet are kind of where I'm at right now. It looks like since 2016, we got about 32 guys that haven't played this uh, in the field of the 156. So not, not a ton, but there's some on there. I'll note them on the rankings uh, when those come out. Range numbers kind of back to where we were prior to last week. You got five guys in 10K, seven guys in 9K. 10 guys in 8K, 36 guys in 7K, and 98 guys in 6K. So definitely a ton. So you got, what, four, 134 that are 7,900 or less out of the 156. So it's um, definitely slim pickings up top to, you know, figure out who you want in there. And then, then obviously pretty heavy uh, down bottom where we'll be spread out again, um, like we've been pretty much every week except for last week. If you're new, I go, you know, my breakdown's Dirty Dozen. We go four tiers. Uh, first tier is 9K or above. Second tier is 7,600 to 8,900. Third tier is 7,500 or less. And fourth tier is a flop, a fade, or a sleeper. I'll get into what that means exactly when we get down there. 
And then I do a little roundtable roundup of guys that a roundtable wrap up of guys that, you know, kind of right on the bubble of all that and just right outside, especially since it's solo pod, give you a few more names that are kind of right on the bubble for me outside of these, um, you know, kicking it off with the nine K. I, uh, I like DJ. Um, I mean, it's really just going to be a matter of do you feel like jamming them in, or um, there's so many options on the six k. I think you, I think you could see a lot of DJ. He's had great history, obviously here a second, a third, a fourth, a couple wins way back. Uh, last year was a t forty five, and a few years ago t forty one. He finished second last week over overseas, so got to think form is okay or good enough there. Um, if I remember correctly, I think. I think Wayne didn't play with him last year, and I can't remember that for sure. And I want to say I looked right before I came on. I couldn't get it all nailed down, but I think he may have had one of the not great draws when it came to the whole heat map deal last year. Um, I'll confirm that by Wednesday. But, I mean, if you play him, you play him, right? I'm probably leaning that way. Um, I like Cantley as well. He's my number two, so there's there's two options there. I can see a lot of guys going Cantley. I really think Casey – um and day will be pretty popular overall um day's one i don't i don't mind he's just just so you know such a great history here last five years a fourth 11th a fifth a second a fourth so it's hard not to play him and he played two weeks ago and actually played pretty decent even though he mentioned that he'd been rusty hadn't played much hadn't even hit ball he'd been on like a a hitting count leading up to the week before and he still finished t16 um so you know, don't mind him at all. And then Patrick Cantley is the one I mentioned that I'm going to go with right now. You know, hadn't played in the U.S. since the Tournament of Champions, but um, definitely went overseas. And then last – he didn't play here last year, but the two years before it, he did make the cut, T48, T35. So I don't mind Cantley. And I think you could even maybe do a DJ Cantley and take some risk, especially a week like this, if that was something you want to get into or maybe – Maybe Cantley Day, Cantley, you know, uh, Casey. I do think Casey will probably be the highest zone by far, in my opinion, just where he's coming in at and, and most um, the, the salary savings you get there. If, if he's not, I, then that – and Cantley winds up being about even with him, then that would that would make me want to go elsewhere because I was – I'm thinking Cantley because of the ownership leverage more than anything over Casey. Um, and then last is Hovland for me, Victor. I like, I like Victor a lot, right at 9,100. Um, has not played this event. And he's coming off the miscut last week, which I think may not be the worst thing in the world. Um, stat stat wise, he's number one in my model, and he's going to be you know he's for what he's got in on the tour already. He's you know he's going to be up there for for a while. Um, the only thing he really doesn't look great in is around the green, but um, other than that, he's just he's right up there one one three one twenty one. So like Hovland this week, I'm interested to see if he gets talked up at ninety one hundred. Drop down to the second tier, seventy six hundred to eighty nine hundred. Um, I like Knox out the gate, uh, been on him a few weeks, talked about him quite a bit. I think I, I think he, I may even have bet on him last week. I don't know if I can get there this week at 40 to one, but the 8,600 number, I think is a good price for him. Four straight made cuts for him. Uh, 32nd, 30, 37th, a 21st, a 16th. And then, uh, last two years here, a 15th and a 14th. So I like it. He's played, he did miss a cut in 16, but, um, I like Knox at that number, maybe could be popular this week. I'm not sure. He's kind of, some, some weeks he kind of goes on the radar completely. Some he's up there a little bit of a price increase. So interesting to see where that shakes out uh, by Wednesday. 
Um, Tom Hoagie, 7,900, is fifth in my model overall right now. Um, four straight made cuts. I love the form. A 12th, a 6th, a 5th, and a 25th last week. He looked good. Um, so I think Saturday had a great round. Um, Sunday fell back a little bit. A weird history here. He's got three missed cuts and then a 39th and a 40, 41st right in the middle. I guess more than anything, I like that he's, he keeps coming back even if he, even after he's missed the cuts. So I don't think he hates the environment or anything. I think it just depends on the kind of form he's in. I, I would think without doing my deep dive yet that this is some of the best form he's been coming into this tournament. Um, so good form going. Plus, he's very familiar with how it's going to roll. So 7,900, I like Hoagie. RCB coming over from Euro first time this year on the on the PGA Tour rounds out my top three here. Played it two years in a row, a T22 and a T26, 18th in my stat model overall. He'll get a little manual adjustment for me based on his Euro results. Um, don't know if he'll be super popular here or not, uh, especially in the five dollar. Probably not. Maybe some of you know contests with single one to three max. Maybe a little more because. You know, guys that are more familiar with um, Euro may play in something like that where your general public, like the $5, he'll be less. But we'll see where he comes in at. I definitely like RCB this week um, to round out that $7,600 range. Um, third tier, it's 7500 or less. I like uh, go back to Zing Zang Zong, which probably means you're going to miss a cut because I rode him hard all in the fall. Then um, – Got back, you know, and then I got off him for a little bit, then got, you know, right back to him, missed a cut at Sony, missed a cut at American Express, um, got off him, and he went T55, T25 at the Farmers and Waste last week. Charged hard on the weekend, um, you know, after making the cut. So I, I like that he finished strong. His game, I think, would suit this course well. And I like that he did play here. I didn't think he would have played here two years ago. So at least he's somewhat familiar with that. $7,200 seems like a great price. Um, so I like Zhang. My second is Jimmy Walker. Um, like I mentioned, he fell off a little Sunday, but it's made three of his last four cuts. Not a huge price increase yet. $7,200, which I'm surprised because he's got pretty good history here. Uh, 21st, 11th, 55th, and 8th, and then a missed cut la- last year. And like I said, until I look at the weather draws from last year, and even looking at it, I don't know how much going to factor it, but I do like the four make cuts before that, and he seems pretty familiar around the course. And at 7,200, that seems like a really good price for Walker. Could be talked up a little bit. Um, you know, obviously, I hadn't listened to anything yet in the industry, but uh, normally start that Tuesday morning. But I, we'll see if he's catching radars again. He kind of looked really good going into Sunday, I believe, and then kind of you know fell apart there. Last time, I'm going to go back to Damon. Um, he withdrew last week, Sunday. He actually got sick Thursday afternoon i believe and and talking with his camp and um but fought through it made the cut made the cut miraculously he was in one of my lineups went eagle birdie eagle 17 and birdie at 18 watched that and that was that was amazing to have him make it on the number like that made it right at minus one if i remember right with the eagle birdie finish so uh, but couldn't gut it out to finish sunday so withdrew i think he's going to be fine i think it's nothing more than just kind of a sickness um we can monitor it though but um, 7,100. I like where he's coming in stat wise and kind of his form outside of last week. But remember, he's, he, he was playing well and just couldn't finish Sunday. I said, well, he's playing okay. And, you know, 7,100, especially in an event like this, I just need cut makers. He has played this twice and he got a 48th and a 55th. So again, cut makers used to it, kind of fitting that, that, you know, pedigree for me this week. So I like uh, Damon. 
Last one's a flop, fade and a sleeper. Flop is someone I don't think will return value. Fade is someone I could be fading because of ownership, course history, whatever. Um, and then a sleeper kind of changes. It's not my favorite play under 69. It's one that I think may not get talked up much. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm going to like Zang. I'm going to like Redmond and, and those guys. But um, it's a guy that's kind of mixed there. He's under 69 plus, maybe less on the radar, a little less ownership, if you will, in the 6,000, which is going to be so spread out that really won't matter. Um, and this guy may be starting to get talked up. We've been on him a few weeks now. We'll see. But uh, my flop is GMAC. I, I think I don't I don't mind him, and certainly he won last week beating DJ. I just don't know if I want to pay the price for him there. I'd rather I'd rather almost go Grace if I'm going to pay that price than than GMAC here. Although GMAC has a great history as well, so I get it. I get the whole price. Um, uh, I just don't know if I want to go there for nine. I think he's ninety. 9,200 or something like that. Um, yeah, 9,200. He's done okay here. He missed a cut in 18 and a T18 in 19. Um, obviously, won uh, U.S. Open, I believe, or P- yeah, U.S. Open, I believe, um, on, on when it was in different conditions, of course, many years ago. But he did make – he's made two cuts. His form's looking well, especially when you factor in um, Euro. Obviously, he won last week, so – Nothing against him. I just kind of think he could be a fade flop. I don't know how much he's getting talked up. I guess if I Wednesday or everybody's kind of going, oh, I don't want him off the win. Certainly worth a, a leverage spot, but the 9,200 really just kind of stuck out to me. Like, man, do I really want to pay 9,200 on him? Um, I'd almost drop back to speed at 9,000, who I don't know if we're back to him being being owned a little more. Um, or like I mentioned, uh, Brennan Grace, who Grace may get talked up as well, but those are kind of guys I'm right there in that park, but I'm going to go with the flop on GMAC this week. Uh, my fade is going to be Snedeker. He, he kind of got talked up a little bit last week, missed a cut, which normally I wouldn't fade him because this would be a good spot to bounce back. Good history here. Obviously, he has one here. Um, he's got a top 35, a fourth, and a top 20 in the last four years. So pretty good history. I think he'll be talked up with Casey. Um, kind of Casey Day Sneds. You, they could all be mixed and match, especially if you drop down low. Um, and out of those, I think you got to find one of them to go way low owned on. Or fade completely, and I think I think I'm going to go with Sneds of that group. I think I'd play Day and Casey over them. So they uh, Snedeker's is my fade this week out of those, and they're all kind of right there close to me. That I think you just have to pick one, and he's my one this week. Uh, sleeper, who I think he's a two-time sleeper now this year. I was on him a few weeks ago, and I haven't really jumped off. But uh, Brandon Wu, and he made the cut there at the Farmers. He was doing really well and kind of fell back, but still finished T55. I think he scored a little bit better in his finishing position. He hasn't played this, um, but he did play and played well in the U.S. Open last year at Pebble. So I, I do like that. Uh, and probably 6,900, again, just need cut makers. And I, I like where his game is in general um, with that and, and with what we've seen from him and, you know, right there with those other guys that I like, but he's the one that maybe isn't quite on everybody's radar as of yet. Um, you know, but he's got the same kind of pedigree as Hovland and those guys. So I think he can, he can show up and, and do well in something like this. So I like Brandon Wu as my sleeper kind of round table roundup, uh, wrap up. I'm sorry, is um, start with Paul Casey. Like I mentioned, I'm just going to watch ownership there. I think he'll be somewhat chalky in the industry um, perfect position for him. He's second here last year and eighth and 18. So I, I can't see anybody reason not being off him, but he's one I want to keep an eye on. Lucas Glover is a guy I like this week, uh, $7,600. He's got an 11th and a seventh. He's played two of the last four years. Um, and, and those were great finishes. 
a 49th at Farmers. I did miss a cut at the Amex, but um, 7,600, I don't mind him at that price and kind of maybe not being, when Glover gets chalky, I don't like a chalky Glover, but I do I do like him if he's just going to be mid-range. Uh, Cameron Champ, 8,800, 28th here last year, so I like that he's played it at least once. Really good form coming in, a 14th, a 21st, and a 16th. So 8,800 bucks, maybe if I'm dropping down a little bit to get out of that big price range, um, you know, I could start with a low nine in him and really build well, or, you know, like a Hovland champ and then go with one of the guys up top and then see what you can fit in. So I like what you could do with that number. Uh, Noren, another guy like RCB coming over um, from Euro. He did play in the Sony and Amex uh, 32nd and 14th. So form coming back around 8,700 may get overlooked there. Um, I'm interested to see where the champ Noren, like where that goes since they're so close in price. But, you know, Knox is right there at 86. So the eights are kind of loaded, and, and the eights have returned well. They've been the best returning value in DFS as a whole this year, um, and it's not real close. It's been – I haven't brought in the waste management results to my deal, and I think I'm actually going to post that now this week because I have enough data. Um, I may post on Twitter or, or for the community or, or both, obviously. Um, so I don't mind uh, Noren there. Uh, Day I mentioned, so he's right there with Casey, going to watch ownership. Certainly don't mind playing him. Adam, Adam Hadwin's another guy in the wrap-up that I like. An 18th and a 39th here. Uh, decent in form, good in the stat model. A 40th last week. So, you know, he's, he hadn't played much before that, but I like that he played last week as well. Uh, Pat Perez kind of caught off, caught me off guard. I didn't really picture him here, but um, he's got pretty good history. A 4th, a 41st, a 14th, and a 35th. He did miss a cut last week – I mean, last year – He's got two mid cuts uh, at the Sony and Farmers, uh, seventy five hundred. Um, pretty good price for Perez this week. So his attitude seems to be kind of a carefree anyway. So I don't. I think he could. Obviously, he's done well in the in time he's played here, except for last year. So I don't like. I don't mind Perez. Uh, Fitzpatrick, I assume, will be the most talked up Euro of like RCB Noren him. Um, obviously, Barros Boy. Uh, he missed the cut here last year. He's only played on the Euros of recent, so we really got to look at that. 9,700, though, I'll be interested to see where he, if he's going to still get talked up at that price. Um, I like other options at the price mark, but uh, he's definitely on my radar. Scott Stallings uh, caught my eye. Has a good, pretty good history here, which I like. I mean, it's just kind of a common theme is when I'm looking for these player pool fillers, I'm going to look for history recent form and then just generalized stats as the overall where just solid, you know, not something that's too strong and not and at 7,600. That's just kind of what you're looking for. Three straight years. He's got a 14th, a seventh and a third here. So I really like him. I, I haven't marked as a potential chalk watch. I think at 7,600, a lot of guys could follow him, especially with that course history here, course fit. So we'll keep an eye on that. I'm in some woo already doc. Um, I'm in on most any week, definitely a FOMO bet, but um, Stat-wise, he's always going to pop, especially in this kind of model where I'm just strictly looking at TD Green. He does well. He does have three straight made cuts. I like that. He played well last week. Got to watch him. It was, it was a little exciting. Um, a T34 last week, T64, and a T29 before that. So I, I like that in general. I don't know his personality well enough to know if the, the Pro-Am would sway him anyway. But, I, I mean, at 6,700, I think he's good enough to make the cut for sure. So I don't mind Redmond. Adam Long, um, kind of my second to last. Got two more guys here that I just want to throw out. He missed a cut here last year, but at least he's played it. He does have mixed results coming in. He had an eighth last week, a 23rd at Tournament of Champion, then two missed cuts in between at the Amex and Sony. But 7,300 um, in general, I, I think his game fits here you know, decently well that 
um, maybe a low own 7K guy. When you get around a lot of those chalky guys that will be in that area, he may be a guy that kind of sticks out as uh, leverage play when you're trying to fit people in. He's right around Jimmy Walker, Damon, some of the guys I already mentioned, Zhang, 72. So he may be a, a pivot off of that range um, at 7,300. Uh, lefty, uh, you know, that's going to be an interesting one this week. Generally, off him and any stat model you run and any kind of recency is not going to show much for him. Um, two missed cuts in a row at Farmers and Amex, but he did do well last week. I think he finished – Wind up finishing T5, 9,500. I think most won't want to pay up on that. Could be a little higher owned at the $5 entry, uh, the big GPP than most because of public. And then last four years, he's got a second, a 65th, a second, a first. Obviously, defending champion this week. So don't know where I'm going to go there. That's definitely going to be wait and see, get the you know pulse of the industry. And, and several of those guys I've just, that I've mentioned around the 91 to 9,600, you kind of got to see where it shakes out to where you can get some leverage in that zone. Um, it could wind up being Phil. I'm not, I'm not real comfortable going there, but he loves this place. So, you know, I don't mind it if he's going to be six, seven, eight percent or something like that. So he kind of rounds up the guys to keep an eye on that, that didn't fit the, uh, the tiers this week. Um, you know, an overall weekly strategy this week, you know, just like two weeks ago, right? Rinse and repeat. Uh, I'm going a little lighter. I'll have more showdown than normal because we can get some advantages with the courses, um, course rotation, um, you know, spread out the player pool. The weather and course draw will, you know, be another factor to kind of take in. We'll kind of feed that all to you as we get to Wednesday. But in general, it's kind of just like we were at the Pro-Am a few weeks ago, Um you know, I'm definitely not going all in this week. There's too many variables. Like I said, you could have 95 guys or something missed the cut. So you definitely want to give yourself some bullets and some chances um, spreading out down low in that six, 7,000, you know, you know, you may do a, a little bump to your player pool this week. Like we did before, just because you're just trying to get six to six here on Sunday and give yourself a chance and, and just see where the chips might fall, especially with 60 guys, you probably have pretty tight from first to the cut number. So anybody can make a move there. Um, and so that's kind of the strategy of the week. The uh, bookmarks of the week for me last week, three guys, a uh, Homa. I like that he's, he, he seems to be contending at different tracks and showing up on leaderboards. Um, certainly, you know, you know, fan of ours. We, we followed him, helped. We donated to his deal last year when he was here at the Valero, but uh, keep my eye on him. Berger really coming back into form. Um, it's one guy I hadn't mentioned. He's 8,900 right there in that 8,000 sweet zone. I talked about earlier. Going to keep an eye on him and his ownership this week. I'm certainly not moving him outside the pool yet. I got I got him square on my radar. He played here in 15 and hadn't played since. He got a T10. Last three weeks out, he's got a 38th, a 29th, and a 9th. That's Sony American and Waste last week. Obviously played well last week at the Waste. So interested to kind of see where he fits the week of the, you know, not chalkiness, which is where he's at all, all the way around. Could be a potential bet also, 40 to 1, maybe. I don't know if I like that number, but when you start looking at the field, some of these numbers, you know, they are what they are and they look decent. But, um, you know, like I, right now I could pivot to champ off of him if he's going to be chalky if Berger is, but definitely a guy to keep our, our eyes on in general, not only this week, but more going forward is kind of what the bookmark section's about. But And then last, Matsu, I just think, you know, same, same as most weeks, he just seems to be off here a little there, but he just continues to contend to be right there. Kind of like DJ, right? I, you know, I kind of read some stuff and read the reviews of the rounds. And if you just read the review, you would thought he may be top 30 last week based on just how people said he putted and, you know, played in general. And, you know, say so plays average by most accounts and he finishes second, right? And so obviously the field's not wasn't super strong. 
But Matsu's one I think is going to pop at some point. I think he's going when he does. I think he's going to go on a pretty. I'm not going to say he's going to win multiple times this year, but I think he could hit a good stretch where everything clicks and he just goes on a run. So I, just someone someone to keep an eye on as well as we move throughout the season. The betting segment of the week. Um, you know, if you're new, I do two to three in each kind of bracketed area. Fifty to one is our first one. I like Knox and Hovland at their numbers right now um, in this range. The the card is going to be interesting. Like I mentioned, you can take some advantages on the live betting deal, but um, I definitely don't mind those numbers. Lean a little bit better on Knox. Um, next range up to eighty to one. I like RCB and Perez. I mentioned Perez earlier. I think that's a pretty good number for him, uh, depending on how his rotation falls. I mean, you know, and I only look at that to go, okay, do I have a chance of getting a better number because he may start here, then catch fire or whatnot. But um, just straight up out the gate, I, I like RCB and Perez at those ranges this week. Uh, up to 120 from there, I like Damon and Walker. I obviously mentioned the reasons on that already. Uh, dark horse this week. Um, I like three guys right now, but I may have like four or five of these guys. Like go, go. I mean, I can spread you know small unit sizes on these guys. Get those in now, and then we'll save for one of these you know top elite or you know, more elite golfers or higher ceiling golfers that may get the right rotation and climb the leaderboard real quick. Or you know guys go out and get off early, and then their numbers you know doesn't equalize, and we could get some of those. But these. These 250, 300 ones, you might as well lock them in now. That's already great value. But uh, Redmond, Zhang, and Wu, no surprise there. Those are the three that I like at the over 120 for the dark horse this week. Um, one and done strategy. Uh, I, I don't, man, I didn't even look up who, how I think I had, I don't think if I went Fina or not. I was, I was going back and forth there at the end. Um, such a crazy week. I'll see if I can pull it up real quick while we're going. But my favorite kind of best guy, if you will, um, is Cantley or Day. I think Day will probably be more popular, but Day was used a little bit ago. I can't remember which turn it was for sure, but he's already been used a little bit. So I, I don't mind going Cantley that may – I mean, I don't mind going Day because he may not be as popular, especially with some of the guys in the field. Um, so I had I had Bryson. That's right. I went I went on Bryson at the end, uh, which he made the cut, but nothing great there. I, I'm not doing very good, you know, so far in the one and done at all this year. Last year I started out really good, but um, uh, you know, obviously Bryson looked okay, but definitely on the weekend, like Saturday, he looked horrible um, and just couldn't get it together. Several webs last week, not not a ton, but there were a pretty decent amount. Um, well, there probably was a ton. I didn't even look at the leaderboard, but uh, you know, there's a lot up there on the top right now. The leader overall, there's a two-way tie. They got uh, one had Corey Connors, one had CH3 at the Sony Open, and they both had Answer, Rom, and Webb. So g- good to those guys. Um, strong starts there. My mid-floor play, kind of mid-pack guy I like this week would be like a Hovland, Knox, RCB. I think those guys all got high top 10 potential and not way up there where you could get you know DJ, Cantley, Day, um, Casey, Casey will probably be a pretty strong played one and done this week. So these are that next tier that I just kind of go feel safe with their floor. You never know, right? It's golf, but, um, and maybe not outside that, maybe you get them less than three figures, you know, less than a hundred people owning them type of guys what I'm looking at um, a skins play try, you know, we've had one, one this year, which is pretty cool. Who knows if we get another one or not, but certainly will be viable. There'll be times that, no one or one person will own them for sure. Just to matter, you know, does it fit right? But maybe Champ. I don't know if anybody really goes there this week. A Norin could be a good one, 
and then Hadwin kind of caught my eye, and then Perez was one. And I'd kind of gauge ownership and and what you hear in the industry to see if there's like a certain play. If this is the week you decide to go skin method, which I don't mind it because it's kind of a you know circus type of event with three courses again. So why not take a try here? And especially one that has had some long shots come and win on Sunday, you know, Potter and points and stuff. So not the worst idea this week um, if you choose to do that, especially if you're, you know, like me, I may be like, I'm out of the first segment. So I'll save some of my bull, my bigger guys. Then you have to get crazy, but I'm going to go, I may try to find one guy that I think this guy could really top 20, if not better, and has a chance to win it that nobody will be on. Maybe I try to make that play this week. That's just one option you could do. And, and those are three guys I liked. Um, question and answer. I'm going to kind of get into Wednesday a little more as we get more information uh, gathered for the tournament. I think that'll be a better time to do it. I've already kind of answered the strategy part for this week, being a, being a, a pro-am again, a rotation type course. So I didn't want to blow some of those questions you got to send in on, on this tournament. So definitely we'll do some on the week and then um, back on that segment next week. As always, join Tambo myself Wednesday night, um, 8 o'clock for, I think we'll probably go 8.30, East 89, because we won't have any NFL pod right now. So uh, I'll update that moving forward once I confirm with JB and Tambo. Um, but probably 8.30 Eastern uh, Wednesday night for the emergency nine premium members only. So check that out. Be sure to check out um, gupscorner.com slash store, as I mentioned. And then if you're not a member yet, use the code smash 10 for 10% off. Um, no real final thoughts this week. I just, I mean, obviously I think most have been waiting for the announcement of the winner. Um, I just want to make sure I get his name correct. I know he's in Slack, but. I don't know if his name is the same, but on Twitter, it is JNewMZ at JohnnyNewMZ34 is the winner of the Honda DFS giveaway. Um, he's pretty active, so I expect him to reach out to me shortly. Don't get too upset if you're not it, because obviously we're like three weeks away from this deal, so you never know if people can go or not. Um, I'm going to give him at least till tomorrow to get in touch with me. And if he confirms, then I'll let everybody know in the Slack or whatnot. I'll talk about it Wednesday. If he can't go, I still have the database set up. We'll re-plug it, and we'll we'll go until we find someone. We need to find them sooner or later, so we can get you know have them get their flights booked. That, that we're going to obviously re- reimburse them and stuff. But um, congrats to Johnny. I know he's very active overall. He had, I want to say, I think he had. He, I, I was trying to add it all up. I think he had six tickets. Maybe say maybe he did get all seven, but. Um, he had the iTunes review, he had the, the subscription. He, I mean, he had, he had it all and very active in Slack as well. So good guy. Hopefully he can go, but if not pay attention, um, as soon as, if he doesn't confirm, I'll let the Slack know immediately and that, that I'll be pushing that we draw. Obviously I'll do it tonight if I can, if I hear from him, but I'm going to spend some time with the family. So I'll update that. If he does wind up going, I'll let you guys know that as well. And we look forward to him joining us live at the Honda. It's going to be a great time. Uh, most of the team's going to be down there. We met several of you guys out at the tournament over the weekend. It was awesome. This The, the, the way is a little harder to meet up with people because it's kind of hard to coordinate that with the crowds moving. But um, obviously, we'll be able to see more people at the Honda because it's a planned deal to do that. But even if you're not part of the DFS and all that, DFS Open and all that, be sure – to reach out to us because it's easier to meet up in spots and locations at the Honda than it is at the way. So 
Um, if we didn't get to you or we missed meeting up, uh, don't take it personal. We definitely try to meet everybody at every tournament we go to. So it was an awesome time, an awesome week. Congrats, Johnny. Um, in general, I'm going to go see the family and get some rest. You guys do the same. Have a great week. For JB behind the mic and we, myself, we will see you Wednesday night, 830 Eastern for the E9. Have a good night. Smash Factor.